0: Welcome back to the Elite Body and Performance Podcast. And today we are joined by another very special guest, Mr. Gavin McHale. Um, So I listened to Gavin talk in Cancun, Mexico, um, where he delivered an absolute kidder speech around, you know, how to really, really control your mindset as a business owner, entrepreneur, or I guess just as anybody, because anybody can, you know, use these tips, tricks and hacks. But I think you know, helping those of high performers, I guess, have a lot going on uh, from a mindset perspective, and the things that we're going to delve into over the next 30, 45 minutes or so is just going to really help us break that ceiling and continue to drive, you know, revenue or personal development forward. So, dude, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, man. Elite. I, I love the name Elite Body and is it Elite Body and Performance? That's right. That's right. Oh. Perfect. We're going to talk about that
0: today. (laughs) Dude, that's exactly it. So before we take a deep dive into the show, mate, I'd love to know just, or for the audience to know a little bit more about you. So your story, your background, and what, I guess, kind of got you into the whole world of, you know, mindset and self-development.
1: Yeah, I can start by saying what got me into this world was that I sucked at it. (laughs) I was really, really bad at like, You know, I really struggled at controlling my emotions. I really struggled at, um, you know, being able to, like, I had these big goals and I can dive into that more. I had these big goals when it came to sport, when it came to my life, but I, when push came to shove, I couldn't perform right. Like I couldn't do the things I just couldn't will myself to do the things I needed to do to make that happen. Um, my story is: I was just telling you, I'm from the center of Canada. Um, it's minus 30 here today. Uh, you know, we it gets cold, it gets hot. We've got four full seasons, but you know, if I'm from Canada, I'm a hockey guy, and I was a goalie. I played goalie for uh, up until even just a couple of years ago, but I had the sh- the chance to to I probably had the skill set to play professional hockey and as I was kind of teetering on the edge of that I was you know kind of one one or two steps below professional hockey um I just like as I showed you in a video in in Cancun I, I essentially orchestrated a complete meltdown over the course of one season that kind of culminated in um a goalie fight where I got my butt kicked and um, you know, was a really good room. It was a really good, a really good uh, sign of what was happening in the rest mm-hmm. of my life, kind of what was happening in the background behind the veil of the shiny curtain of, you know, mm-hmm. playing junior hockey as a 17, 18 year old. So I essentially orchestrated this meltdown. And um, it was essentially because i i I couldn't, I couldn't make it work. Like I couldn't figure out how to get the mindset piece And, um, and I was starting to see the writing on the wall. So, you know, I blew it up and then I started to see the same things happening in my business, even in my fitness too. Like I was a fitness professional, uh, you know, I went to university, I became a fitness professional and then, you know, trying to grow the business. And I was seeing these patterns happen. I was seeing these patterns happen with my workouts, right. As soon as I started getting great results, I'd kind of like put the brakes on because, you know, I had these beliefs that were keeping me kind of mediocre and normal. Absolutely. So how could I have, you know, abnormal results, right?
0: Of course. Do you find that, you know, I know you mentioned that you felt like you sucked at the whole mindset thing. Do you think that potentially stemmed from, I suppose, maybe the pressure or, you know, how intense it was being an athlete growing up and I, I suppose being maybe one step, maybe two steps below professional hockey and almost trying to chase that pro game. Do you feel like it maybe stemmed from that place?
1: I think so. I think, I think anytime like these, these high pressure situations, you know, they reveal, they reveal the, the shortcomings, right? They reveal the things that aren't where they need to be. And I think that's what happened. I think that, you know, where did it stem from? I mean, honestly, it probably stemmed from just like, a lot of times these stem from the the society around us, the the way we the way we live as children. The You know, it wasn't like my parents told me these things, but the people around me that I listened to parents, family, friends, whatever it was, they lived that way. Okay. They lived in the, you know, nothing against it, but in the middle class way. Right. Yeah, of just yeah. like, you know, do your thing. It's all good. Just kind of like hum ho kind of move along with life. Um, And I think that's what's what started these. And then when I got into the high pressure situation, it really revealed them and I had no idea how to deal with it.
0: Yeah, of course. And I remember when I listened to you, I, I really resonated to your story because as an athlete as well, that was chasing the pro game, I was, you know, very similar, one or two step uh, below yeah. professional football. So professional soccer, for those that are listening for the US, it absolutely kills me to say the word soccer, but <laughs> professional football. And I, I I, often found that when I kind of breached into running the business stuff as well, a lot of my limiting self-beliefs came from when I was an athlete because I'd always go on trial a professional club after professional club, but I'd always get rejected from it. You know, I'd go there, i get the big opportunity, I'll get on a big stage and I'll go, right, this is my opportunity. I'm going, this is the time for me. Like I've been working my fucking ass off. Yeah. Uh, not quite there. And I found that almost, and I, I didn't really realize that until I'd be getting onto things like podcast stuff with people like yourself, you know, Annie Yutch and so forth. And it really made me almost yeah. kind of scratch me for service and go, I wonder if my fear of failure, potentially came from when I was an athlete and I thought it was really interesting that um, obviously you know society you know environmental exposure is a big one but for me I, I kind of dug a little bit beneath the surface I found a, a big chunk of that for me came from my athletic day as well and that's one part of your story that I could really resonate with. Now for people that are almost in those shoes right now What's the kind of biggest questions I guess they can ask themselves or the biggest you know breakthroughs that they can have to almost get from A to B and almost uncover the lie and then kind of get that new truth and that new belief to to come forward?
1: Yeah, I think I think that what people will find is if you're listening to this right now, if you're listening to this, this is the spiritual side of me coming out. I guarantee you there's something there's something in your life that you want to improve, whether that's your fitness or your your business or yeah. your family life, there's something in your life you want to improve. And I can also guarantee that that is being, you know, that behavior that is not leading towards the thing you want is being directed by something unconscious. And the quote that I used in, in our Conversation in Cancun was until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And so many people do this. Doesn't that just like punch you that's right powerful. in yeah. the field?
0: Yeah, powerful.
1: Yeah, that's from Carl Jung. He's one of the godfathers of this type of psychology. And so the questions to ask yourself okay, is you've got to think back on, you know, what were the inflection points in my life, like, you know, positive or negative. So like you mentioned, I mean, as a young kid, you know, you're probably in your teens, right? Going out and trying out for a professional football club and being rejected, you know, now we're in our twenties, we're in our thirties. We're like, ah, yeah, that, you know, that sucks, but you know, you can handle it. Then it's like, literally the world is falling apart around Absolutely. you. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, think back to when you're even younger than that, you know, when you're seven, eight, nine years old, when you're in your teens, I always call it. So, so many people say to me, well, I never had trauma as a kid. And I I was the same. I mean, my parents, you know, are still married, I lived a very happy, very fulfilled life. We always had food on the table. Always, we had a beautiful home. Um, So it's hard to be like, oh, trauma, right? Like, because some some people face some shit, right? Like some people went through some tough stuff. But when you're a kid, when you're young, you don't have the tools to like recognize the difference. So we often, I call it perceived trauma, right? So when I was in grade seven, And the cool kids shut me out of their group and didn't accept me. That was like one of the worst things ever. Right. So thinking back on these inflection points and these things that like really affected you at the time and even asking yourself the question, you know, when these things happened, what did you make that mean about yourself? This, I think this that you've hit on Reese, like, this is the hardest part of this work because the beliefs are unconscious.
0: Yeah, that's like, it, yeah.
1: They're they're underneath the surface and they're kind of hiding because it's safe for them to be hiding because then you don't face the difficult work. So really, you've got to ask some questions that are going to probably bring up some stuff. You've got to ask questions in a different way. So like, okay, when these things happen to you, what did you make that mean about yourself? What did you make that mean about the world, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Reese, you know, you go out to this, to, to these and and you, you, you know, you get rejected. Maybe you make, make that mean like I can't handle pressure or yeah. maybe you make that mean I'm not good enough. Right.
0: Absolutely. Those
1: are some really sticky statements that I'm not good enough. Although that in the moment applies to football, what your brain makes it mean is you're not good enough period with everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. that now starts to direct different parts of your life, which is not healthy, but it keeps you safe because it keeps you from going out for another professional football trout and getting rejected again. Of
0: course. Yeah. Makes sense. Absolutely.
1: Do you feel like we need to go deeper there? Like there's a couple other things we could dive into, but I feel like that's the gist of it is like when these things happen, what did you make that mean? That generally is like a belief that's probably driving the bus right now.
0: No, it, it makes complete sense. And I mean, even relating it back to my story, you know, when, when I would almost look at going, right, I got rejected from a from a football team, it must mean I'm not good enough. But then when I first started my, my business career, you know, am I good enough to pick up these clients when I get them? Am I good yes. enough to get them a result? And I guess that maybe even stemmed from my thought process of, of early trauma being from a football perspective. and am yep. almost perceiving it as not just I'm not good enough at this skill, but I'm not good enough in general. And I think that's probably something that, you know, it, like you say, that, that it's a very subconscious and what's the um, percentage? Is it like 97 to 3%? That, yeah,
1: it's uh, crazy. Subconscious so conscious mind. Yeah. So our, our brains are, there's the conscious brain, which is logic, reason, decision-making. Yeah. That's what everyone, that's what, you know, we get praised for. Hey, good decision. That's a very, that makes sense that you did that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's two to 5% of your brain, right? The subconscious, which is like all the beliefs you have about yourself in the world, all the habits that you've ingrained, all the like emotions, um, the identity about like who you are and how you fit into this crazy rock that we're floating on, that's 95 to 98% of your brain. Most people are trying to, you know, I know we're talking about the body and performance. So most people are trying to improve their fitness, improve their performance, improve their business with that two to 5%. And I like to, I kind of told you guys that I like to look at that. There's a great book called The Ant and the Elephant, right? The elephant is your subconscious brain. The ant is your conscious brain. And what most people are trying to do is trying to use their conscious brain and like logically make these decisions to move forward, logically set goals, right? That's like trying to get the ant. You're trying to get the ant moving in the right direction with an elephant on its back. Yeah, it's not yeah. going to happen, right? Watch. Another way to look at it is, um, thinking of like five horses that are trying to pull you in, in the direction of your goals. And then you've got 95 horses that they are not they're not even pulling the other direction. They just like, they I'm just going to sit down. down. <laughs> I just don't feel like doing anything like yeah. good luck trying to move that. So if you can dig into the subconscious, if you can dig into and get the elephant moving in the right direction, get those 95 horses moving in the right direction. It's the hard work but that's the work that's going to as i said everything you touch turns to gold when you make these shifts you're yeah. just like i don't know how this is working i had a a client who signed up after the cancun mastermind to work with me and she's like i don't know what kind of magic you're doing but i have like six <laughs> hot leads that i'm following up with and i haven't had this many leads in months it's like Absolutely. we just shifted
0: we just shifted yeah. some
1: beliefs right
0: yeah i actually listened to um yourself on the craig Ballantine podcast and um when when he's talking about the i think it's the author um, they were saying publisher publish yeah. it, trying to get a 50,000 deal. And then a couple of days later, all of a sudden that's falling on his lap. Right. And it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy, but you know, success leaves clues, right. There's gotta be something in there that, that makes it happen. And one thing that I think would be really interesting. And I, I think a lot of people would be in this position right now themselves is they're sitting back and they're going, you know i don't know the, or i haven't identified this potential living self-belief or i don't know it's there like you know a lot of people are probably thinking that maybe curious you know maybe, maybe you know yeah. is there something lying lying beneath the service that's maybe holding me back you know I, I guess some people know it's there like they know they've had some trauma and they know that that is holding them back i think for me i didn't even know about it until yeah. i started to almost hear and and, and start to hear other people's stories and, oh i'm curious now maybe maybe there is something lying there for me too but without almost listening and hearing that i never would have even thought about it like i would have just thought this is just me this is how i am like you know this is just how i operate for those that are maybe in that position what's a really good practice or way that they can start by trying to identify the potential trauma that they may have or potential limiting self-beliefs or potential things that are stopping them from now starting to to you know hit the accelerator on body mind so forth
1: Yeah so uh, the questions that I mentioned earlier around like inflection points and 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 what you made that mean and things like that yeah. really important. One thing that I didn't mention that I'm glad you brought this back up and there's more questions there's more things we can do that I'll dive into but what's really important that most people don't do is like giving yourself some space like to just giving your brain some space to think about this right So what I noticed, when I started doing this stuff is as soon as like a, a thought that didn't feel really good popped into my head, which was probably where I needed to like lean in. Yeah. I just like deflect away because yeah. that was my pattern. Right. So if I'm, if I'm in the middle of a hockey game, uh, you know, or you're in the middle, right. Of a football tryout and a negative thought comes in, like, I'm not good enough. You're like, Whoa, I got to get this out of my brain as soon as possible. Yeah. Deflect, yeah. think about something different, focus on something different. Right. This is the moment where we need to actually just like breathe, recognize that you are safe. You're, you know, you're in a, in a room in your house, you're all good. Take a breath, realize you're safe and start to just like lean into these. I guarantee people, if you take a minute, take a couple breaths, two or three stories will pop, pop into your head immediately of moments that have start have been. And the problem is, is Let's say you were 16 when this happened, Reese. just for example, right? Now you've got this 16-year-old super emotional kid driving the bus of your business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah.
1: That's not what we want. Of I mean, course. even though you can get your license when you're 16, we know 16-year-olds are not good drivers. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: 17 here in the UK as well, but even that is just <laughs> bloody, way too young.
1: <laughs> it's, it's not good, right? So give yourself some space and allow these stories to come up. Further to to like, what did you make it mean when when you know this inflection point happened? A, another couple like couple of good questions to ask yourself is, um, what is something you know you could do or something you want to do before you die that you haven't done yet? Okay, writing that down and why? And I'll give you a brief digression, brief story. So I was asked this question: What is something you want to do before you die? and i wrote i want to travel to like bora bora or fiji or one of those places i want to fly private with my family and i want to stay at one of those like over the water huts like yeah, just yeah. primo you know and then then they asked the follow up why haven't you done that yet and the first answer was logical right the first answer was well i don't have a family yet we don't have kids yeah yeah i was like okay that's not a good enough answer so i dive a little deeper and it popped again, giving myself a little space. It popped into myself, my head. I don't deserve it yet. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't deserve it as well. Yeah.
0: Mind blown. It's like,
1: <laughs> like whenever, like, okay, who decides what you deserve? Who decides like yeah. all these things of like deserving, right? So I was like, okay, that's a thread that I can pull because once you get that thing that kind of is like that, as you said, that aha moment, that brain, brain blowing up moment emoji or whatever, that's where you start to pull the thread. Now we can start to ask like, okay, well, what, like what just happened there? Keep writing, keep thinking about that. Um, another really good one is, um, what, like, what did your parents teach you about money? about rich people that was a big thing for me yeah, i was like really yeah, engrossed yeah. in this like rich people are bad so i mean how can i have success and have su- course, like financial absolutely. success so another great question and really it's like okay when you're doing things that frustrate you or not doing things right so yeah. let's say you're not sticking to your diet and that frustrates you what's the voice in your head or the devil on your shoulders saying right? Oh, you're not good enough anyway. Oh, you'll never lose the weight anyway. Oh, you'll never make the team anyway. Right. Like that's really, that's the belief, right? Like, you know, you kind of like maybe miss one thing in the, in the tryouts and it's like the voice in your head goes, you're not good enough anyway. So it doesn't matter. Right. I, I make one mistake in a high pressure game and the voice in my head goes, see, you can't handle pressure. Remember, we already decided that, that you're not good at handling pressure. So thank you for, thank you for making that obvious by screwing this up, right? Those are the deep things that we need to bring to the surface. And guys, this might hurt. Like there were people in that room crying. Uh, I've had a couple group calls since then, like these, this brings up some stuff and that's okay. As long as you recognize you're in a safe space
0: absolutely I think that's really powerful one thing that um that I thought was really interesting as well is whenever those thoughts pop up is there not just go oh I am yeah no I, I am capable it's almost giving yourself evidence like you know so yes. I, I think the example that, that you use uh, relating to hockey um that I listened to was right you know I made a mistake in a high pressure game and now does that mean I can't perform under pressure then you want to say, well, I I have performed under pressure in the past. I remember one game here, I was very I had high pressure and I pulled this yeah. amazing safe, for instance. Right. So there's evidence that I can perform under pressure. So then that almost, I guess, now kind of fills you with that little bit more confidence. Right. So there is evidence that I have performed under pressure in the past. So I can do it. Now I guess that kind of breaks through that limit and belief. How how important or how impactful do you think that is for someone to almost constantly think and go over about when they're trying to bust through a limit in self-belief?
1: Yeah. So what I recognized when I was speaking to you guys and then in the weeks since then speaking of more clients and, and all that stuff, the, the nice part when you get to speak to a lot of people is you get a lot more feedback coming back and you start to like quickly iterate, like what's the most important point, what you just hit on is absolutely 100% the most important part of changing your subconscious brain. And I, I remember, I remember thinking about, I, you know, I've been told this, I like knew it, but I didn't realize the the absolute value of looking for and finding evidence. So if you don't mind, let's take a step back, Reese, yeah, absolutely. because, okay, we've got this belief that's not serving us. I want to go through those four questions and then we can get to the evidence piece, because I think you've hit on something. The evidence is the most important piece, but oftentimes it's really hard to like, just make that jump. OK, because our brains, we, we like want to stay stuck in this like, you know, um, shitstorm for lack yeah, of a better yeah, term. <laughs> so we've got this belief. I'm not good enough. OK, there's four questions we can ask. This comes from Byron Katie. It's called The Work, and it's all about like self-inquiry. So the first question is just, is this true? right okay i'm not good enough is this true this is where you can be like well i have a lot of evidence that like i'm not good enough i got cut from that team i got cut from this yeah. team mom and dad said that i wasn't good enough for this thing or whatever yeah, yeah. okay cool so maybe it's true second question is do you know this to be true without a shadow of a doubt right like is this statement a fact cuz that's what our brains do that that is good in a way but also not good in many ways is it creates rules out of these events. So it makes you feel like I'm not good enough is a fact when really I'm not good enough is a belief. So do you know this to be true without a shadow of a doubt? Like, is it a fact? No. Right. Like, I think we can agree. Like the answer to that is 99.9% of the time is a no. So then we can agree that it's a belief, right? Now we have the agency to change that. So question three is what happens when you buy into this belief? So this is where you can be like, oh, I play small. You know, I don't take chances. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I slip on my diet on Fridays because, well, screw it. I'm not going to lose the weight anyway or whatever, right? What happens when you buy into this belief? You can list all the things that happen, all the things that piss you off. Then number four is and I love, I've reworded this question because I love to give people the choice is what could happen if you chose to believe something different, just, just chose to believe something different. Yeah. So like, if you chose to believe that maybe you were good enough, what could happen? And then we can go like, I could be a millionaire. I could, I could have so much more impact. You know, I could, I could be so much happier, whatever it is, write all those things out. And then we can go, the truth is and we can write a belief that serves us better. So it, maybe it's not like I am good enough, but maybe it's like I'm always improving or I'm becoming better every day or every mistake I make is a lesson, right? Something that that really lands for your subconscious, right? A lot of people try and just flip the belief on its head to like from negative to positive, yeah, But that doesn't always land with our subconscious because, you know, you may have 20 years of training that you yeah, aren't good enough, right? Yeah, so the truth is we come up with that new statement and then this is where we got to hammer it with evidence. The yes. truth is I'm becoming good enough because, mm-hmm. well, because when I tried out for that one team, I just performed terribly. The second time, even though I got rejected, I really felt like I performed really well. Right, there's a specific piece of evidence, right, that 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 pushes this new belief. And like you said, like you know, we can, you know, I I performed well at this event or whatever. So finding as specific evidence as possible, and then this is the part that you can't hack that doesn't speed up in any way. You have to start like every single day looking for evidence that this new belief is true. So I like even put it in my phone, like, look for evidence, right? Like, like, it has to be so conscious that you're looking for this evidence, because you just have to like, start to reprogram our subconscious brain needs repetition, and evidence. And Alex or says it best. Because there's two steps to this repetition is one consistently saying the new belief. But he says, uh, you're not going to get more confident by screaming affirmations in the mirror
0: yeah, absolutely. You
1: need an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. So screaming affirmations in the mirror is a good idea as long as it's paired with looking for evidence. Yeah, and I wouldn't say 100%. screaming affirmations is the best idea, just repeating the affirmation.
0: but I think I think one thing that, that it really highlights as well is it's a journey, and it's not an overnight thing. So, you know, for instance, if, if someone's going right, I want this new belief, you know, it's not a case that you just completely make that fucking massive jump where you just go, right, my current belief is I stuck, but my, my new belief is I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow, right? You know, I, I guess you're almost setting yourself up to set yourself two steps back. So I think one thing that, yeah. that's super, super important that you highlighted there that I think will be really good for, for the people listening to take away is this is a journey every single day. Right, you know, it's not something that you know you just do one day and all of your problems are solved. Like you say, especially if you've got trauma over a longer period of time, it's going to take a long period of time to put the repetitions in and almost improve every single day, as opposed to just looking for a, you know a, a quick fix. It's exactly the same with the fitness side of things, right? If you're looking for a completely quick fix, like a fat loss pill or like in a really intense yeah. week of, week of training, you're just going to go back to square one. So I think that's a a really really good point and. One thing that I was quite curious about, you know, um, obviously the, the habit building and so forth, it comes like unconscious. And then when we're really consciously looking to put the repetitions in and consciously looking to find evidence, when we do so many repetitions, does that almost become unconscious when we put in the repetitions and we're almost building that habit?
1: I'm so happy you asked that. (laughs) So I've been really playing around with over the last couple of weeks, the, um, the competence, there's stages of competence, okay. right? So there's four stages. There's unconscious incompetence. This is where most of us are when it comes to these beliefs. We have no idea that they're driving the bus, but they are. Yeah, and we're yeah, completely yeah. incompetent. We have no clue. Then when we uncover these beliefs, it becomes conscious incompetence. Now, at least I know I'm not good at this. I yeah, know that yeah. this belief is not serving me, right? Then we need to step into this. And this is the looking for evidence piece, conscious competence. So I'm consciously putting in the reps to become better. Right. So like, right. When you, when you first, uh, you know, let's even take like, learn to drive. You're very conscious, right. You're like turning the signal. You're like pushing the gas. Like you're, you're very conscious. You got two hands on the wheel. Right. Right you're consciously becoming more competent. Okay. And this is the whole, like, put it in your phone to look for evidence because you're not good at it yet. You need to become good at it. Yeah. Once you've done that for quite some time. And I I was talking to a few uh, friends of mine about this and they said, it's probably about a year before you really become the last step, which is unconscious competence. And that is, that is the moment when you, you kind of like look up and take a breath and go, I'm a different person. Wow. I'm a different person. Now I, I fully embody this new belief. And whenever something happens in my life, I go, oh yeah, that's because I'm good enough. Or that's because I'm becoming good enough. Yeah. Like without even thinking about it. Yeah. Right. If you
0: think about it as well, a year isn't an awfully long time. You know, if you was to dedicate a year to doing these practices, and then you become to to stage four, you know, that's your life changing a year.
1: That's, it's, it's a, it's a long time in the scheme of things in the way people want things to happen. But if you think about the fact that, let's say you've been believing this one belief for 20 years, right? I think a short time. Yeah. And you can, so you, you know, you've been believing this, like I'm not good enough or whatever. You can change that in just a year, right? Like it's actually a short period. Yeah. Like, so, you know, the fact is, is that we're just comparing that to what most people want, which is like a week. Right. But if we look at it in the grand scheme of things, you think I could completely shift my identity about this one part of my life in a year that's pretty cool it's fucking incredible
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> incredible no that's that's really interesting yeah. i think on that as well like you know we, we've kind of really looked at the um the ways that we can kind of shatter beliefs that we've got and how we can find new evidence and how we can now go in that longer period of time over towards a year and and really reframe the way we think and the and, and the beliefs that we have and one thing i love to tap into i love you um heard hearing you talk about in cancun was the traits of the ultra successful, the two traits that make complete sense, and the one that makes no fucking sense at all. I thought I thought it'd be really interesting for us to talk about.
1: Yeah. So the the, the three traits of the ultra successful. Okay. So let me take you through those. So the ultra successful, they 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 like took a look at this, like, and I don't even really know what the definition of ultra successful is, but I think everyone listening to this knows what we mean, right? Like, just like you have everything you want. Uh, you're super happy. You know, you've got the family, you've got the business, you've got the body—all these really positive things, right? So, the ultra-successful have three things, and they're not like they don't wake up at 5 a.m., they don't have cold showers, they don't meditate for an hour a day. Maybe they do, but that they're those aren't you know all-encompassing. The three things: number one, a superiority complex. They believe that they can accomplish amazing things. Essentially. The, the ultra-successful are delusional, okay? They, like, without any evidence, they're like, I can accomplish this really amazing thing even though I don't have evidence. Number two, which also makes sense, is impulse control, right? They can stay focused on their goals. They don't let other opportunities distract them. They don't get shiny object syndrome. Uh, you know, uh, Vince and Craig both talk about they don't step over dollars to pick up dimes, right? Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. can stay focused. They can control their impulses. The third one, which is in huge contrast with the first one is massive insecurity and fear of failure. Okay. So this is where I just, when I say that, I think a lot of people kind of take a sigh of relief. They're like, Oh, right. Because it's like, it's like you have this kind of thing in the back of your head. You're like, yeah, okay. I, I'm pretty delusional. And I could say pretty focused but like, I still have this like major insecurity. it's like, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And I, I think it's like, it's important to note that like, um, although it's like a trait, it's probably not the reason they're also successful, right? Like what they've done is they've probably been able to, um, you know, kind of run away from their insecurity. And then you've got to be able to flip the script and be able to like, like, recognize your fears recognize your insecurities and start to shift and come from a place of purpose recognizing that other people have those fears and insecurities and you can help them with that right so it's like it it's this really delicate dance when it comes to the massive insecurity but just know that like having insecurity having a fear of failure and having imposter syndrome that you're like not good enough where all of those things like are actually traits of successful people Okay, so you're not like bad for having those things. It's just a matter of noting them and managing them and not letting them, again, drive the bus, right? Yeah, yeah. And another, one more important thing about these is it's not a yes or no. Like, it's not like a, oh, I have that or I don't have that. It's like a sliding scale. It's like, how much of that do you have, right? So how delusional can you be? Yeah. You know, how, how much can you take actions- just like scary actions, regardless of the, um, regardless of like the evidence that you have, how, how long can you focus? Right. Again, Hormozy talks about the most successful people that he knows talking decades. They don't even talk in years or months. They talk in decades. Yeah. That's a long time to stay focused and control your impulses. Right. So how, you know, and then, and then can you manage your insecurity and fear of failure i've i've recognized this most of the most successful people they're pretty insecure
0: yeah absolutely yeah
1: and it's like can they harness that and manage it and allow it to be a positive instead of instead of pulling them back into a negative
0: yeah and it's so interesting because even when when you almost flip back to you know positive uh, or or super successful people you got in your circle or maybe mentors and so forth they always, always, always touch on that to a degree, you know, the, yep. the fact that they do feel delusional and that they can achieve anything, but at the same time, they have certain insecurities, certain things holding them back, certain things that they think about. But I, I think one thing that I've uh, found that works for me quite well is from like an evidence perspective, and it's always something, that again, I've I've kind of subconsciously done, I'd never really kind of think about it until we have a conversation like this right here, but if there's never ever a time that I feel that I can't achieve something in particular. I sometimes look for evidence in other people. So I might say, right, Elon Musk has put people on the fucking moon. And I'm saying that I can't close this call. Like, you know, there's there's evidence that I almost look at elsewhere and go right if i'm if i'm saying i can't achieve x or i can't do x but then i'm looking at the evidence of someone like in this is of Elon Musk sending people to the moon i know it's not necessarily directly impacted to i'm not trying to send people to the moon so i might look at evidence from something that's a little bit more relatable but at the same time me thinking that i go right that task is bloody 10 times harder than what i'm trying to do now he can do that i can do this do you yes. think that's something that's almost that i've kind of tried to wire my brain to do is that something that generally works quite well
1: Yeah, so that's a real another really good piece you've touched on. And I also think that that is it needs to be predicated by a growth mindset. So you as a person need to be coming in with a growth mindset to believe that if he can, I can if she can, I can, right, if you have a fixed mindset that like you are stuck with what you have, that belief won't even fly. So the first thing is shifting from a fixed to a growth mindset and starting to realize that if Reese can do it, then that actually means that I can do it too. If Gavin can do it, that means that I can do it too. So many people go, yeah, but Reese is young. Yeah. But Gavin is this. Yeah. Yeah, But
0: it's like,
1: it's like, because, and you could say that about Elon Musk, or you could choose to, to say, again, this is where like, making the choice like you can choose how each of these affects you right so you can choose like if reese has massive success with his new workout program right and he just shredded you can either decide to go well that's reese he's got the genetics he's got you know he's a trainer right he's a a coach like he of course or you could be like well i want that and if he has that then if I do what he did, I can have that, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's, you're talking about like, I think that's a really important thing because a lot of times, you know, it's hard to believe that you can have success in something when you have no evidence of it happening for yourself before, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was talking about evidence, like creating evidence, there's kind of three phases. The first phase is like specific evidence, that you created right like it's about you and it's specific that's ideal right it's like i did this i made this sale before so i can do it again right yeah yeah, yeah. the second is about you but non specific so it's just like you know well i'm worried about closing this client but i've closed other clients in the past right like it's not totally specific but it's
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still
1: about you. Like, oh, well, I've lost a few pounds in the past. I can, I can do that, right? Or I've I had that body before. I can I can get that back.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, then the third one is the one you talked about is looking for evidence in other people. Like, oh, well, if they made these sales at this, then I can too. (laughs) If they send a person to the moon, I mean, look, Elon sent a person to the moon. That means Reese can send a person to the moon too. Let's be real. (laughs) Okay, mm-hmm. you can. So if you look for evidence outside of ourselves, it's you know, it's just a matter. Of, like really, all we're doing is brainwashing ourselves one way or the other. So we may as well brainwash ourselves. Positively, yeah, to the positive.
0: Yeah, I suppose that kind of comes into the trait of being deluded as well, to a degree, 100%. I suppose. Um, which yeah. is really, one one book I'm sure you sure you've read it yourself as well is that uh, that I found quite quite interesting surrounding this world is a uh, mindset. How Dweck.
1: Yeah it's that's kind of like the original i'm looking at my i've got the, my cool bookcase and then i've got like my less cool bookcase in front of me and i've got that book like front and center mindset yeah and it's all about fixed versus growth right
0: yeah 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 that's what i thought when you when, when you mentioned a fixed versus growth well, that makes complete sense so coming towards the back end of this podcast i've got a question that i think will be really interesting and if you if you was to give any advice to a young Gavin McHale, maybe just before you had the fight, or, you know, maybe when you're, when you're growing up, what would that one piece of advice be for you?
1: Man, um, it's such a good question. And I think I'll provide a bit of context before I'd say this. So I took everything in my life really, really seriously. Like I, it was, everything was life or death like everything. And I was super anxious. And, you know, I was very nervous all the time, right. And so the best piece of advice that I received, and this is not to trivialize life, but it was life is just a big video game. And if I could go back and just be like, hey, man, like you're just playing a video game anyway. So why not have a little fun with it? Right. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> look, the majority of us in the 21st century in the developed world have access to clean water. <clears throat> we have access to good food. We have oh. sh- shelter. We're pretty good. Yeah. And everything else is like just a bonus. Yeah. So, you know, if we can look at life as less of this, like, you know, life or death, like soup, like, and we look at it more like, it's just a video game. And essentially you're just like trying to beat the bosses and trying to move up each level. Right. Because every new level you get to is going to pr- provide a different
0: yeah, new level challenge. Game, right? Yeah.
1: So you're always just going to be fighting the next boss, uh, new levels, new devils, as I would say. So you may as well like take life a little less seriously, have some fun with it and realize that you're probably going to screw it up most of the time. And when you screw it up, you're going to learn from it. So
0: that's really, I like that a lot. Cause I I mean, like you say, you know, we are very fortunate um, in in most parts of the world to have access to shelter, clean water, clean food. And, you know, if you are in that position, you know, you, everything else you're right is a bonus. I think, you know, the odds is that one out of 400 trillion of us even being born. So the last thing you want to do is get to the end and look back and think, you know what I... Didn't enjoy that. Like, I, I didn't do what I wanted to do. I, I didn't have fun. I didn't maximize it. So, dude, that's super powerful. Now, thank you so much for your time today and coming on. That was absolutely incredible. And for those listening, where can they find or learn a little bit more about yourself?
1: So, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, <clears throat> people were asking me, like, hey, like, you got a website? You guys, like, no, I don't have that stuff. I'm on Instagram, relatively active on Instagram at Gavin McHale one. Um, if you want to find me there, I would love to just like chat in the DMS. I chatted with a whole bunch of people uh, after the event and going through their beliefs and things like that. Um, I also work for Craig Valentine, So if you haven't heard of him, we're a large coaching company and we work with uh, high-performing entrepreneurs and business owners. And we have essentially helped them gain their time back and their productivity back. And a lot of that comes from mindset. Um, so you can find me, I think it's Uh and you can find my bio and things like that there. Um, but best way to contact me is through Instagram. Dude, thank you so much. Thank
0: you for your wisdom that you dropped today. And we will see everyone in the next episode.
1: Thanks, Rhys.